I insisted on everything. I insisted that we weren't lost. I insisted that we keep going. I insisted that we walk south. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry. And cold. And hunted. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Did you think that was Seymour? I thought it was a werewolf, man. Yeah. It's a spooky season around us. Can you believe we're back at Halloween Town? Halloween Time? Halloween Town. That sounds like a good movie idea. Mm, Halloween Town. We are, we're, hey, we're back. Yeah, this is our second annual Halloween Spooktacular. Our second or our third? Maybe our third. I don't know. I feel like last. Uh, yeah, it must be our third. I think last year was the first year we started yeah. overtly yeah. theming uh-huh. things. Actually, should we give the friends of the show a little run sheet of what's to come? Yeah. This evening we're doing, or this morning we're doing the Blair Witch Project, followed by the Omen, Ooh. followed by The Shining. Oh yeah. Followed by Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, and actually Greg Carney. I noticed on the old calendar today that there's actually five Mondays in October. Oh my God. So maybe we can squeeze one more in, maybe a fan's choice. I think that's a great idea. And this episode is coming out two weeks after we're recording it, so maybe that's already happened. Wow. This time can space time <laughs> continue and <Wow>. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be back here. I was I was having a good time. I think we were trying to I don't know, maybe we haven't nailed it. But I think we were trying to do – we were quite slashy last year. Yeah, yeah. So we're keeping a Halloween, of course. Now we but we wanted to yeah, go a little bit more uh, into the brain. Yeah, and we've I guess brain. we've inadvertently ended up doing a Halloween tradition as in like the franchise Halloween. We're, you know, we did Halloween 1, the first Halloween, and then we did the second. So why not do Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which judging by the name feels – Quite on theme with the rest of the package there, mm-hmm. relative to the rest of the Halloween franchise. Of so that's my witch. It all hangs together. Yeah, and we've got there's a witch in this one, maybe apparently. That's right. Return to Oz. Someone knew how to hold a fucking camera. Anyway. <laughs> oh, if we did Return to Oz, it could have been a bridge episode of sequels that also have a witch. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, you know, I have thought about that before, like. What if there had to be some kind of connective tissue between each movie? Oh, that's too, that's too oh, hard. Yeah, too hard. Or, or what if what if it was the 10 degrees of JCVD that was the, the thing that gets us to choose the next movie? That would be difficult but cool. <laughs> it would be so hard. It would be so meta. <laughs> it would be so hard and no one would care. It's the kind of idea that would just make our job harder and actually add no value that's to right. the enjoyment of the show. The old uh, effort versus reward. Yeah, we need bang for buck. But anyway, hey, it's the first Spooktacular uh, of the year, the first episode of Spooktacular, and um, this one, quite a groundbreaking mm. film mm. from the year that was the, the year of our Lord, 1999. Mm-hmm. 
1999. Big year. Last year of high school for for this this half of our the duo. Oh. Um, you know, so you cast your mind back to 99. I can't remember what the member very was. We've done a few 99s of late, which is good. Mm. Internet was in its earlier days, earlier days, um, and we had just we were just really unleashing its powers. I would say, yeah, its powers were being unleashed, big time. And for a music loving teen, oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm of course talking about Napster. Ah, yes, Uh, a pioneering peer to peer P two P file sharing software service. Um, now, uh, I'm sure everyone listening knows what Napster is or was. Yeah. You would download illegally albums, songs. Take your pick. Maybe songs first and foremost because it takes so long. Yeah, it was quite slow. I remember rigging up my computer with a – there was a free internet service provider you could use that my friend told me about. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it would be this banner that you can't minimize that showed you ads – Oh. And while that's there, you'd get free internet. And it wasn't fast, but it was internet. Yeah. And so I'd get on the old Napster and like choose a song to download, leave the house for a couple of days <laughs> and come back and it'll be nearly downloaded. End of term for the holidays, you'd have <laughs> picture little, me rolling. In my little Winamp. Remember Winamp? Oh, yeah. It was like an app, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the, the, yeah. the, the stream. The, the player. Playing. And they made them look like players. Like they were, yeah, yeah it's a different could, time. You could get a different one. You could pick your little background thing. Uh, hey, what would I have found in your <laughs> Napster if I ransacked it? Um, probably a lot of Eminem. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to, I'm getting the years a bit muddled in my head, but I think. When I think of Napster and LimeWire, I think of Eminem because I remember once it became less legal, you had to search with typos. Oh. So if you wanted an Eminem song, you'd have to search for NMM oh. instead of Eminem. So that, that one's always stuck in my head. But I think I, one of the first MP3s I think I downloaded was like Britney Spears hit me baby one more time. Oh, yeah. As was the style at the time. Yeah, at the time. Um, although they're not quite the same without the visual. No, you know? no. She was she was a mega crush at the time. Um, There's plenty of visuals from her now if you need them. <laughs> but hey, she's doing her thing, and I respect yeah, that. On you, Brittany. She's you free, do. damn it. She's free. You. Keep twirling, darling. What about you? What was on your Napster? Oh man, like I could. There was probably some decent stuff. There was probably some tribe or something. Oh yeah, but. <laughs> hey, there's a couple of STDs on there too. You might you might have found a little bit of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> hey. Maybe a bit of Lincoln Park. I, do, I couldn't think of, I tried to think of it, I couldn't think of any Limp Biscuit song. Oh, yeah. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> Mate, I actually put some Limp Biscuit back into my um, running playlist recently. Is it fun? Yeah. The one, the Mission Impossible song, sick. I'm, I'm about it. I'll... I'll own it. I'll own it. I recently updated my running list to be songs that are specifically 148 beats per minute. <laughs> That's my perfect running pace. And there's some interesting ones that you wouldn't think. I'll pull it up. Yeah. What do you got in there? Kanye West, Amazing. That's my first one because it's kind of a warm-up. See, they sound like they're different. They're technically the same pace, but they sound like they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. 
Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can t- I'm just picturing my. I, I'm picturing myself running to it. I think that's an interesting tempo. Yeah, probably a bit fast for me. Yeah, The Killers, Mr. Brightside, um, yeah, yeah. Rolling Stones, Satisfaction, George Harrison. I got my mind on you. Got my mind set on you. Let's go to it. Um, Tristan's recording his second episode <laughs> on a on a Saturday night. Just yeah, 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 yeah. My fi- I'm midway through my fifth beer. Oh, um, I love it. Metallica, nothing else matters, and Kanye West bound too. I think that's all I got so far. Because some of them say they are that. Because I had to Google you it. Google it. I've yeah, yeah. Carefully, carefully pulled this list together. And um, some of them, I don't know. I, I, the song comes on and I'm running at the same speed and I can't quite get the beat. Yeah. Okay. The best is when it's like your right foot is the snare or something. So you're like, bam, ch, 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 you know, you feel like you're, you feel like you're playing the percussion. I love it. Um, anyway, I've totally hijacked your member, Perry. No, no, it's interesting. It's, uh, I, I'm just, I'm quite fascinated that you've gone quite cerebral on your, on your mix. Yeah. Well, that with that becoming the organizing principle, it really changed the game in terms of what I was listening to. Mm. Genre-wise, yeah, it really open things up. But it's actually, I guess, it's pretty interesting because that is I'm doing that on my Apple telephone, on my Apple Music, uh, which I guess is the modern iteration of a Napster-type technology. Yeah, yeah. And Metallica, of all people, they hated Napster. They were they suing were, them. They were the big. They um. They took them down, didn't they? It's pretty funny, isn't it? Because like everyone hated Napster because you get in the music for free, and then like Spotify comes along and says, "Well, what if?" Instead of making no money, you made point zero 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 one cent per stream, and they're like, "All right, I'll take it." <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Give me something. And here we are. That wasn't the exact figure, but it, it ain't high. It's high if you make millions of streams. Yeah. It's okay for Drake. It's okay for Drake. Not so good for um, Ween. Ah, oh, poor Ween. Push a little daisy to make them come up. Push a little daisy to make them come up. Push a little daisy to make them come up. Push a little daisy to make them come up. Napster, or maybe it's LimeWire. I might be getting my wires crossed, as it were. Um, but uh, I think one of them is reinventing itself as an NFT thing. Yeah, why not? You got the plat- You got the technology. Maybe that's already over. Yeah, some crypto mob bought it, didn't they? The old Sean Parker. I can't, I can just only picture. Um, As Justin Timberlake? I can only picture Justin Timberlake when I think of Sean Parker. Same. I nearly said it when you talked about Napster. I was like, oh, Timberlake's thing. Yeah. It's um, weird. He, <laughs> merged, it's so weird. Emerged. Because he played him. Sean Parker did Napster. Justin Timberlake played yeah. Sean Parker. And Justin Timberlake bought MySpace. Oh, yeah. That's confusing. Yeah, it is. Sorry. I think that's it. And he also married Jessica Biel. That's interesting. <laughs> nurse. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, we were in 1999, which was a great year for music downloading if you had the internet and if you had a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. Um, but also if you had time on your hands in 1999, you were probably watching some of these very films. Uh, the biggest film in the world was Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, yeah. followed by The Sixth Sense. I think we've done this recently, so I'm not going to read them all. Maybe I'll touch on some others. End of Days, which we've done. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> the aforementioned South Park. Bigger, Longer, Uncut uh, yes. came out that year. Uh, the Green Mile. Stuart oh. Little. Wild, Wild West. 
The Matrix. Um, we should do Wild Wild West. <laughs> you can't think of Wild Wild West without thinking of The Matrix, can you? Oh, yeah. Choices, Will Smith, choices. Yeah, I'm glad he's not in it. Like, is there a song, is there a rap, uh, is there a rap song attached to Matri- The Matrix? No, sir. I'm going to go with The Wild Wild West. The Wild Wild West. <laughs> Um, many movies came out that year, some good, some Wild Wild West. And uh, there was one film that came in at number 14 that year, a film about a witch, uh, a blue witch. <laughs> <laughs> a radioactive witch. <laughs> a film called The Blair Witch Project. Oh, there's no music. What am I going to put in there? There's no music from this film. I had the same thought. Um. <laughs> no, I'm just going to put in the monster match. <laughs> the, monster. the Blair Witch Project. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It got on in the flash. He did the match. He did the monster Spooky. Spooky. Okay. Blue Witch Project came out in July of 1999 with a budget of 200 to 500k, or elsewhere I've read 60k, mm. um, which is all very low. I guess one takes into account marketing. Yeah. I think the actual the pure budget of making the movie was only 60k. Or maybe some reshoots too, because I think the yeah they added some bits. But uh, gross box office of two hundred forty eight point six million dollars, which is huge. Yeah, it's Romy. It's the Romy. It's the Romy God, the Lord of Romy. It's pretty crazy. I guess I didn't think about this before just now, but I guess nineteen ninety nine, making a movie on a camcorder. This would have been huge inspiration for film student Tristan. Oh my goodness! I think I actually got a camera for Christmas that year. Like a second-hand one um, where you had with the cassette in and stuff. Yeah. It was like a few generations old, but it did the job. Cool. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Rotten Tomatoes, critic score for this film, 86%. Audience score, 56%. Interesting. Uh, critic consensus, full of creepy campfire scares, Mock Doc, the Blair Witch Project, keeps audiences in the dark about its titular villain, proving once more that imagination can be as scary as anything on screen. Anything? (laughs) (laughs) Imagination. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Um, Was this a big movie for you, Greg? uh, Yes, it was, I think. It It was big for everyone. It was huge when it came out. Like, It was huge. It was exciting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I didn't see it immediately, but I'm pretty sure I saw it at the movies. Oh, really? I was I'm racking my brain. I'm pretty sure. And then I was trying to remember if we found it scary or not. And I think it, I think it was a bit scary, but uh, I think uh, this was a hard one. It's a hard era to try and yeah. pin down. I was drinking at the time. <laughs> um, but net, net, I think we, we it was so hyped up. That it, but it quickly fell into parody town, yeah. Um, which we'll we'll talk more about. But um, yeah, it was at the time it was, That's it was a really huge. Good point. The, the the concept of this film and it had a website and 
Yeah. Obviously the marketing we'll talk more about as well, but it was, um, yeah, it was a big movie for me and the time. How about you, Tristan? I remember the the hype and the buzz. I don't know that I, I definitely didn't see it when it came out or at cinema. I'm not sure if this is the first time I've watched it or not. Or if I watched it, I don't think I watched all of it because I was expecting a bit more. Uh, we'll get into that. But I remember the hype at the time being this vague allusion to it being real. Like, but you know, it, it actually happened. Like, there was a bit of that to it. Yeah. Which was really cool. And like you said, early days of the internet. And so there was like this good viral element to it, which we'll get into. We'll, we'll do a little yeah. marketing breakdown yeah. later. But without without enough internet to debunk it. Exactly. Yeah, the rules of the There's internet weren't established spot. yet. So it wasn't expected that that's how a movie markets itself. So it's just like, I guess that's fact. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for this movie in a lot of ways, not just the marketing but also the movie itself. But, um, yeah, I mean it was – it felt big. I, 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 it was a big movie for me, I guess, pop culture-wise but not in terms of watching it. Um, I've never – not yeah. sure if I've watched okay. it and certainly not like – Oh, I love that movie or anything like that. It's just kind of been there. That's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting time to look at it. Yeah. It's a good one given like a a burn bright and fast. Um, you know, it doesn't get spoken of much. Well, I haven't said that. They did a remake a couple of years ago, didn't they? Yeah, sequel. Lego mm-hmm. sequel. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Lego sequel. Mm-hmm. Should I get into the origin story? Please do. Origin story. So, in the spooky year of 1993, two film students named Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez. And Tristan Burrell. <laughs> they had an idea. Sorry. Daniel and Eduardo, they had an idea. Um, and it was inspired by the fact that they found documentaries about paranormal phenomena scarier than traditional horror films. So they thought, well, what if we made something that looked like that? Insight. It had to be real. Yeah, they had an astute observation, a nice insight to fuel what would become a 35-page script. I know what you're thinking. That seems a little short. Um, They had no dialogue in it, so the goal was to have all the dialogue improvised. And um, Again, genius. Yeah, yeah. We'll just get the actors to do that bit. This is just an idea. Yeah, exactly. And I will say as far as... Origin story in terms of the genesis of the concept. That's kind of it. But I'll, I'll go into some areas that I don't typically go into because I think they're they're a bit more relevant in the case of this movie, like how they shot it and the casting process and things yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah, cool. um, for this one, because it was going to be improvised, they wanted good improvisers. So apparently there were like 2,000 auditions in New York and they would ask them random shit. Like you've served seven years of a nine-year sentence. Why should we let you go on parole? And so they would have to improvise the answer. So um, that was actually – Can I just on that? Yeah. When I read that, I I threw myself into that scenario and I just saw myself like I was just going to read out reds, like (laughs) quote red from – Get busy living or get busy dying. I've been here for 19 years now and I've learned one thing. Uh, that's, I would have just launched into that. (laughs) You were slipping into some Forrest Gump there a little bit too. Well, that's all I got to say about well, my... I learned from the best. <laughs> yeah. Adjacent. Get busy living or get busy shrimping. <laughs> running. Running would have been better, wouldn't it? Yeah, running, would've... that would have been good. <laughs> Pretty were a live show. 
Where were you, Tristan? <laughs> They've got the cast coming in. They got a cast Sorry. coming in, and that that actually that little anecdote there was from Heather Donahue, who who obviously answered that question well because she got cast in the lead. Then Joshua Leonard, mm-hmm. who says he was cast because of his camera knowledge, because of course the cast in this are also the cameramen, which is interesting. And then uh, lastly, Michael Williams. There wasn't much about him in terms of origin story, but I guess he was there and he got the part too. Good for him. Good um, on you, Michael. <laughs> good on you, Michael. Okay. And I guess, yeah, I mean, it's about a witch, I guess. <laughs> they don't really go into <laughs> the law, I guess. Well, how much law even is there is arguable. I think, I guess there is more because there's all these extra bits of media around it. But but they had some fun with building it out and pulling on names from culture and just anagramming them. So like Ellie Kedwood, who who was the the woman that theoretically became the Blair Witch within the reality Kelly of the Edward. film. Was Edward Kelly. Uh, who was some some guy from the sixteenth century who said he could see spirits. And Rustin Parr was Brass Putin. And so, uh, you know, they just kind of, uh, not quite Easter eggs, but I guess pulling pulling from popular culture, or maybe not popular culture, they were def- culture. They were definitely high when they were coming up with this crap, weren't they? Yeah, man, they were at uni. Smoking the smoking the reefer. They also drew on the Salem witch trials. It's got a bit of everything. But they did specifically cite The Shining and The Omen as big influences on them crafting this shit, which is interesting because Greg picked those movies before we even noticed that. So either something spooky is, is going on or Greg is very astute. It's very astute on it's your part. spooky, isn't it? It's spooky, man. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. It's weird. Or maybe they're just two iconic horrors and this is a... True. I mean, and it's psychological horror. It's the don't show much on screen kind of genre, mm. I guess. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so pumped for the omen. Keep going. Sorry. Me too. All I remember is that glass sheet and a head going flipping. Is that that one? Oh, I forget. I just remember the barking dogs and oh, it's got Gregory's peck in it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> More to come. Uh, well, also, speaking of things I don't usually talk about in this section, but I, I thought it would be interesting to talk about how they shot it. So they did shoot it in eight days. And while obviously just by watching it you can tell they didn't use – regular film cameras. They used a high eight camcorder and some CP-16 film apparently. Um, but not only did they not use traditional cameras, they they didn't just go, all right, action, shoot a scene and then go, all right, take a break, let's get some craft services and, you know, go back to your trailer. Like those eight days were pretty fucked up it sounds like. <laughs> like they went pretty, yeah. I don't want to say method, but they went, they tried to craft a bit of a reality around it. So, like, I guess they just recorded a lot. Let me explain. Yeah, yeah. So they used CP16 film and they were given clues as to their next location through messages hidden in the film cans. So it seems a bit like, you know, like in Tropic Thunder when they think they're... Oh, yeah. It's a bit like that kind of vibe. It sounds like they did that where they just kind of put them in the woods and let them go crazy. It's fucking weird. Yeah. And um, they made them move, like cover a lot of ground. When they were walking, they were really walking. Like they were going far through the bush. They're walking there. And um, they harassed them at night, deprived them of food. So I guess it is kind of a true story. (laughs) They they got a witch out there. Yeah. They murdered Uh them at the end. Um, Yeah. Cut out their teeth. (laughs) 
Yeah, pretty fucked up. Anyway, bitch bash boy, she goes out for a movie rap party at the... Burkittsville Tavern. Yeah, there you go. Let's play the trailer. This will be a good trailer to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for I'm the very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman for oh, years. Yeah. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost? Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. But how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. <laughs> Hungry. And cold. And hunted. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Tell me where you are, Josh! There you go. No Don Life Fontaine on that one. That was uh, that was a better it delivered more audio than I was expecting. You so thought it was just gonna be that's good. <laughs> yeah. And some text. This summer. In a in a woods. <laughs> um now before you go into the plot synopsis, Greg, maybe we should um since there's no music in this film and usually in the edit I add some some music there, let's choose some music mm. to put behind you. What do you reckon? Uh, Benny Hill. Okay. <laughs> Done. And go. A couple of stoner film students with a camcorder. Think Tristan Burrell. Ooh. Circa 2003. Korean <laughs> campus. Decide to go to Burkittsville, Maryland, to investigate the legend of the blaring witch, assumedly a witch who likes glow sticks and raves. Is it blaring? Blaring was slang for taking pills, ecstasy back in the day. Anyway, oh, maybe not in America. The blaring witch. Uh, so they go to Burkittsville, they interview some creepy locals and they give some accounts of what they knew of the legend of the Blair Witch. Uh, some missing children, a hermit named Rustin Parr who had kidnapped seven children and killed them in a isolated hermit hangout. Yeah. Uh, so with uh, this information, they venture out into the woods and they come across two men fishing and ask for their take on the legend. One is dismissive, but the other tells the tale of Robin Weaver a young lady who went missing in 1888 but returned three days later, speaking of a woman who moved with the feet off the ground. Mm. They head deeper into the woods, looking for Coffin Rock, the site of a ritualistic slaying of five men whose bodies had later vanished. And whilst they were there, Jock, Josh knocked over one of the creepy little rock piles. Those creepy little rock piles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that night they camp and they hear some breaking twigs, uh, which isn't ideal. That's a little bit scary. And they find that their stuff had been messed with. Someone had gone through their bags and there was a slimy substance on Mike's gear. Mm. Or Josh's gear. One of them. There was two. Uh, then they get really lost. 
they start getting angry at each other. They run out of durries. There's not much food. There's some classic finger pointing as the situation deteriorates. Heather persisting with the documentary. The boys getting a little bit fed up with that. Mm. They find some more creepy hanging stick men. And then at night, more stick cracking accompanied by some children playing noises. La 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 la. Which is never what you want to hear when you're deep <laughs> in the woods. Uh, then Josh goes missing. Um, and then they're woken up to his screams at night, his agonizing screams. Yeah. Uh, and then in the morning, they survive that night. In the morning, there's a pile of sticks out the front of their tent. And Heather discovers that it's bound by a shred of Josh's tartan uh, flannel. Mm. Inside is a little parcel of teeth and fingers and a bit of tongue, apparently. I actually couldn't tell that to read that. Yeah. Um, but it was creepy nonetheless. Real teeth. Real teeth from, straight from the dentist. Uh, so, yeah, then they, then they stumble across the house and it's night time and, well, you know what happens, Tristan. Yeah. The movie ends. Yeah, the, <laughs> the credits roll. The credits roll. <laughs> That's the movie. It's interesting, interesting picture. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk, what? Why don't you? Why don't you lead Tristan with your your musings on the Blair Witch in two thousand and twenty-two? Well, to be fair I, to this picture, I watched it on a flight yesterday. Uh, okay, yeah. From from Portland to New York, but I would say was it that was it a night flight? It was a day flight, with the with the shutters down, of course. But oh, uh, I, I, I was on my oh, yeah. iPad, not not on the not on the Delta screen. Yeah. So like, I, I I I think watching a movie on a flight is actually pretty immersive because you've got your headphones and you've got nothing else to do. I agree. Yeah. So I've I've cried. Watch. I watched Boyhood on a flight and fucking bawled my eyes out just as they were coming to ask for food. Man, there's something about the altitude. Oh, you think that's what it is? Have we discussed this before? Because a lot of people talk about how they cry more watching a movie on a plane. It's a I think thing. it's just because the whole experience is so sad. I'm, I'm all sitting there contorted. I fucking hate it. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's hard, mate. You're a tall man. The um, just very quickly, I watched that. Um, I've I've seen a few horrors on planes. I watched that The Silent Place, or you know that one with um, Emily Blunt and the guy from The Office, Josh. Oh Kirk, yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah. I didn't know what it was about. And then I watched it on the plane. It was fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. I was. That was. Yeah. So I'm with you. It can be very scary. I'm, I sorry, watched Malignant a on a plane. That was pretty scary. Which one? Malignant. That was a newer one. That was pretty. I never saw that. Give me the heebie-jeebies. Um, but oh, man, I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> and I was bored with the caveat that I'm like, well, no, but like it's you know, it's coming. <laughs> It's coming. Yeah. And it never really comes. Um, yeah. And, and I get it. I know that like that's I guess the idea and I respect that. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a worthy experiment to go, can we make a movie with some camcorders and you never actually see what it even is. I, I get that. Yeah. And I think in, in the reality of 1999 where there is even amongst the most sceptical at least some air of maybe it is real. Then I maybe that works harder for you. Yeah, but definitely in 2022, 
It's been endlessly parodied. It's been many, this inspired a whole genre essentially. Like there's been many movies that have done this perhaps better or more effectively in terms of scary, scariness. It just, it just wasn't very scary or effect. Like I just, it was, Yeah. I, I don't say I didn't like it. I appreciate it. But I was sitting there like almost embarrassed because I'm like, fuck, I hope I don't jump when something happens. And there was yeah, never anything like when, that made like, me slightly, yeah. Jump. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Because mm. what it is what it is setting out to do, it achieves, I think, other than not really being scary now. So maybe that does not true, actually. Technically speaking, I think it's an achievement, but... Um, I don't know. I, I got I got a few bits of pieces. What, what what do you what do you think, Greg? Um, yeah. So my my viewing experience. Um, you did it properly, right? Eh? I, I, yeah, I tried to. I I watched it at night. Lights off. Solo viewing. Uh, had the the you know the shutters open so <laughs> I could see the trees rustling. Oh, nice. There was witches out there. I wanted to make it as uh, Halloweeny as possible. Yeah. And uh, I was a little bit nervous about watching it. I was like, oh, this is going to be scary. Me and too. I, don't know if I want to watch a scary movie tonight. Going to bed with the hippie jeebies. Um, and I don't watch a lot of horror anymore because Carol's not into it. So I don't watch as much as I would like. And I think, in some ways, horror is a bit like chili. And you can, um, if you don't have it, your tolerance is lower, I find. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I. That's good. I was worried about it going in, um, but pretty quickly, I was like, "Oh, I don't." I, so this sounds terrible, um, mm. but I find her voice super annoying. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but I just knew I wasn't, and I, maybe it's because it's been parodied so much. And yeah, I don't know, but I was just like, "Oh, this, I don't think this is this isn't taking me anywhere." Like in the into, I wasn't going into Scare Town. I wasn't in the woods with them, Tristan. Yeah, yeah. So. I would say, yeah, the actual viewing experience this time around was um, not particularly great. Yeah. And it was a bit boring. Yeah, sounds like we're in a similar place. Uh, look, okay, let's be clear. Most of our movies we, we skew towards action and popcorn and stuff. But but I know that, like, people – this movie was well-received – and I don't want people to think we're just dismissing it to go, oh, it's boring or because, you know, there's no blood and guts or whatever. Because it's not necessarily that because, like, I found paranormal activity pretty fucking terrifying and there's not really – you still don't really see much in that and that fucking scared yeah. the shit out of me. Like, I can't look at a baby monitor. <laughs> Man, I watched that during – I watched paranormal activity during the day. You know, when I was living in London, I downloaded it. Excuse me. Yeah. Guilty admission off one of those things, not Napster. <laughs> and I was struggling with it, man. Like yeah. I was watching it during the day on my laptop and was struggling with it. It's fucking terrifying. It got me good. And so like I don't see why this movie can't still deliver on its, stay pure to its promise and be as scary as that because that like this, one of the scariest parts was, was just the, the woman standing over the bed. That was so scary. <laughs> That's <was laughs> fucked. That was fucking terrifying. Yeah. And maybe it's the setting because it's our home. I don't know. Like I guess maybe if I was camping, Blair Witch, yeah. I think I think that's a big part of it. So, yeah, maybe if I was camping and I'd be terrified right now. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'd be terrified anyway because bears. 
Because bears. But I will say, man, the acting was so good because it felt real. Like the interviews at the beginning especially, like it felt yeah. so natural. Yeah. They cast it so well. Yeah. That whole process we talked about earlier must have worked because everyone's fucking awesome. It's like in the early days of the internet when you can't just Google is Blair Witch a real thing, you don't, if you don't really know, it's hard to imagine that reality now. But like I guess not being out 100% verify if it's real or not. Correct. You wouldn't. Nothing would give it away that it's not real in watching this. Like that's fucking good. All of them, all three right. of them are fucking Did amazing. you know that she won a Razzie? Really? For this? Yeah. That's bullshit, man. She was so good. She's so good. She's like, like I say, I found her voice really annoying, but I think that's part of it, right? Like, She's kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a kind of annoying person. That's her character. Yeah, um, she's a pain in the ass. You know, she's, you know, they're, they're annoyed by her. They all kind of take turns being pain in the ass, but they. Yeah, they're all, yeah. I, I really liked how um, when she's doing her official on camera doco stuff, she's quite wooden and <laughs> not very good. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That was. Sh- it's so good. Like, I don't know how she got a Razzie. I thought she was really good. I don't know it's how It's amazing. And you know, it's, her, it's so funny. When I was watching it, I, I thought. Oh, you know what they should have done? They should have made them use their real name so it really felt real. Well, they did that. They did. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and there, the, the two guys, especially the one that was really grumpy first, I thought he was fucking really good. Like I, he was pissing me off a lot, which I guess was the point. Like it just felt, yeah, felt real. I guess they were hungry and lost in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Just on the Razzie. Oh, yeah. She be, I'll, t- I'll tell you who her fellow... So Wild Wild West seemed to take most of the awards. <laughs> the Blair Witch was nominated for Worst Picture, but Wild Wild West won. Um, worst Picture? Yeah. That's such. That's so mean. It's weird. It's um, creative, man. Worst Actresses were Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment and The Haunting. What, did they not see too. the laser beam scene? Jesus. Yeah, weird. Sharon Stone in Gloria. Mila Jovovich in The Messenger, The Story of Joan Arc as Joan of Arc. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I Melanie remember that, Griffiths yeah. in Crazy in Alabama. There the, they were the other. Interesting. Um, and Denise Richard won Best Worst Supporting Actress for her role in um, The World Is Not Enough. Uh, that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, weird. She didn't deserve it. I agree. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Uh, we could we could start a petition. Out of all the petitions, that's probably not the one I want to start first. But yeah, no, I, I feel change dot org. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy because like there's there's many things. Well, there's no specific things really that I don't like about this film. But it's not like a. I don't love it, as you could tell. But that's the best part about it. So like that's crazy that that would be. Ugh. Oh, I did also. I watched the newer one too, Greg. The 2016 one. Oh, yes. I ended up finishing it this morning. I was watching it last Talk night and I got it. too sleepy. It was interesting. So this came out in 2016 and it's just called Blair Witch. And um, uh, it is a sequel, not a remake. Well. Uh-huh. Sequel to the first one? To the first one, technically. The main guy is the younger brother of the main chick Never. in the first one. But in saying that, it's very boring and it's basically – exactly the same as the first one. So it, it is almost, well, with one caveat, the the last 10 minutes or so, take it a bit further, but ultimately everything up to that point is 
almost copy paste from the first one with better cameras. Interesting. Um, the camera thing was weird because, yeah, obviously better cameras, which is good, easier on the eye. They And they all, I might have missed plot-wise how this worked, but they all seem to have some sort of first-person camera thing happening too. So you mm. would see, you would just cut to different characters and see what they're seeing essentially, which is kind of neither here nor there. That was fine. Although actually in some moments it did make for some creepiness, almost like video game, like you're playing a Resident Evil game or something, which I kind of liked. But um, it did, you know, we just came off sequel September and it did do some of the things we've now realized we like about sequels. And and one thing it did was um, adding a bit to the lore mm. of of the Blair Witch. And only relatively subtly and stuff that was planted in the first one that is kind of easy to gloss over. So the first one is that they're not just lost, like the witch is manipulating the forest. Like they're, it's it's more maybe explicitly delivered in, in the new one. Okay. Um, not explained necessarily, but it becomes a little bit clearer that, oh, this is weird. Um because like two people go missing and then they come back a day later, but they think they've been gone for like five days or something. Oh yeah, which is another one, which is the manipulation of time, which um, is actually in this first one. If you've seen all of the um, additional media things they released, so apparently, um, if you because that's how, oh, we'll talk about the marketing, I guess later. But um. They release documentaries and things like fake documentaries about the events of the film and there's all these other materials that expand on the law. And one of them was that the the house of that guy that killed those killed kids was burnt down. But that's the house they went to and it wasn't burnt down. So, like, have they somehow gone back in time or, you know, there's some weird shit going on there. So that was kind of cool. Okay. Like that was okay. that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Gets you thinking. But other than that, yeah, other than that, there wasn't that much to it. Um it's like it's fine, I guess. If I think if you love Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project, I think you'll probably get something out of it. But for a couple of guys like us, I wouldn't recommend it to you, Greg Carney. Okay. I'll strike it off the list. Yeah. <laughs> That's the closest I got to striking it off the list. Should we talk about the marketing? It's pretty, it's pretty I think fun. we should. Yeah, so it's a few elements. Um, I guess the main one, like you alluded to, was was the website, which was pretty cool for the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Someone archived it, so I've got a live version that I can you can still look at. Um, but it was pretty okay. cool. Like we were saying, it's like um, the rules weren't established yet. I guess it's very easy to for us to look back now and go, yeah, as if anyone would believe that. But I was clicking through it today. And I think even the aesthetic of the internet in 1999 is like creepier. <laughs> mm, dancing baby. It's so yeah, that kind of shit. It's so basic looking that almost yeah, the aesthetic is almost like you're uncut. Well, I guess looking at it through a 2022 lens, it is almost like you're uncovering some HTML one old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll share screen. But it was really cool because it had um, it treated it like this is a real thing, and you probably can't read that. But um, one of the sections of the website goes through the whole timeline of what's happened. Again, not saying that it's a fictional film, just saying this is what's happened. And it goes all the way through the things you talked about in the plot synopsis, like several 
in February 19, uh, sorry, in February 1785, several children accused Ellie Kedward of luring them to her home to draw blood from them and just lots of detail like that. Then it gets to the events of like 1994 and it's like, uh, what do we got here? Uh, Montgomery College students Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard and Michael Williams arrive in Burkittsville to in- interview locals about, you know, the plot of the film basically is happening. That that unfolds yeah. over a few dates. And then it gets to like police officers find a bag with videotapes in it. Then it gets to like December 1995 and it says, after an initial study of the bag's contents, select pieces of film footage are shown to the families, yada, yada, yada. Then the next one is the families are shown a second group of clips, yada, 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 yada. Then it goes... The sheriff's department announces that the evidence is inconclusive and the case is once again declared inactive and unsolved, yada, yada, yada. Then the final one says, the found footage of their children's last days is turned over to the families of Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard and Michael Williams. Angie Donahue contacts Hexen Films, the maker of this film, to examine the footage and piece together the events of October 1994. So basically... Again, just like building this awesome backstory to the fact that this is a real thing that happened and you're just watching the footage. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And there's so much on that website that goes in. It's got photos of like police evidence of how they found the car and stuff, like stuff that's not in the movie. It's really cool. I wonder the um, the timeline of building out that marketing collateral, which is really in a way part of the movie, right? Like it's yeah, yeah, it, important. Fuck, that's a good point too because we've talked before I think about um, – film marketing and how some of our favourites are when it actually adds to the story and it's not just yeah. a, a clip. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, exactly. some of the newer Alien films have done that, like there's Whelan's TED Talk or something. There's additional materials yeah, used to promote yeah, the movie. That's right. versus just yeah. giving shit away. So that does it. Um, they've released whole documentaries about like the myth, the curse of the Blair Witch or something it's called, I think. Yeah. And it actually yeah, that's right. talks about the events of this movie like it happened. It's fucking cool. Yeah, it's, so cool. it's it's super clever. Yeah. Even on the IMDb page, it listed the actors as missing and presumed dead for the whole first year yeah. of the film yeah. being out. That's so cool. That's mad. I love it. It's an integrated campaign. It is. <laughs> wow. Man. 20 years later. It's got a card line. Well, I suppose it went to Sundance. Maybe it did. It launched at Sundance, didn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I didn't go through that the origin story, but obviously, when they were making this thing, they weren't expecting it to be as big as it was, and were kind of hoping it just ended up on cable as like a goal. Yeah, in some ways, that might have been scarier, you know, because you don't really know if you come across that just deep cable, you know. Yeah, you don't really know what you're watching, um, or if someone just handed it to you on VHS or something, that would be fucking scary. Yeah, I did a little. Shallow dive, shall we say, into the found footage genre. Uh-huh. So I, I wanted to get a better understanding of where this fits in it. And it's it does basically sit at the beginning. So there was a – well, interestingly, when I looked it up, one one little connection that I didn't really think about was, I guess, just from a format point of view, while found footage is what we call it in cinema, there is sort of a a – an ancestor in the written form where books that are based in like a diary or correspondent type format. Oh, uh, yeah. It's quite cool. You're reading this. Yeah, like found writings. Like Dracula was written as diary and, and letters to people. 
<laughs> which I've never read Dracula, so I never realized that. Um, but that's quite cool. I never thought of that. So is it like a distant cousin yeah. or, or, or ancestor or whatever you want to call it? But apparently the first horror film to do it was a film called The Cannib- Cannibal Holocaust from 1980. Yeah. Had you heard of that? Not before researching this, no. Yeah. It's fucked, man. <laughs> I got a little too distracted by that today and spent quite a while. Oh, you did? Watching bits on YouTube. It's fucked up, man. First I was like, oh, cool, I want to watch it. And now I'm like, nah, I don't want to watch it. I mean, the title is not so appealing. Yeah, fuck. It's fucked. It's basically <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like um, cannibals, well, yeah, cannibal holocaust. But it's like a tribe somewhere. It's probably terribly racist, but also so just brutal. And there's animals that get harmed and stuff in it too, which... It's always hard to stomach. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Okay. I was going to play the trailer, but it's quite visual and horrible, so I went to it. There we can pass. <laughs> yeah, we can pass on that. We get the idea. You've you've given us yeah. enough descriptors. But and like we were saying before, though, like paranormal activity was fucking terrifying, and that's that's you know I guess the next evolution of the genre. I I read a good quote. It basically said that. Um, the critics have basically said that the found footage genre became to the 2000s and 2010s what the slasher film was to the 80s. Yeah. Halloween comes out, then we got slashes every fucking year. Blair Witch comes out, then we got found footage every year. But but interestingly, I guess it kind of crosses genres because we also had like Cloverfield. I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah right? Get, yeah, Come, go with that, yeah. No, you, you go, you go. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, it, it jumped out of horror. Yeah. Um, you got Cloverfield. Uh, you've got Project X. Yeah, end of watch. Oh yeah, forgot about that one. There was one fucking the horror. Funny. I don't know if you ever saw one called VHS. It was on Netflix for no. ages. It's fucking so. horrifying, man. It's found footage, like but it's like collection of short stories. And I put it on once, and I think I only watched the first one. I was like, ah, I might just stop it now. <laughs> Yeah. It was fucked up. It was nowhere near as subtle as this or paranormal activity. It was pretty graphic, but fuck me, man. <laughs> it was fucked. Yeah, well, I suppose people come out making, they go, we're going to make the same thing, but we're going to make it more hardcore. You know, like you, yeah. you got to one up. You can't bring yeah. out the same. Well, and actually, thing. to your point, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe part of the issue with this OG one is that we've just become a little too desensitized. Maybe. Hey, but I was also thinking, I reckon there's even a dotted line from found footage to, because it's also the mock documentary thing, to um, amateur to, porn. to The Office and amateur porn, but The Office even. Ah, yeah. Kind of, right? The real natural, the, mock, the, the naturalness of it. Yeah. Obviously the English one, but I haven't watched that in a while. I've more recently watched the US one. Like some of the acting, I remember the first time I watched the US office, maybe even the English one too, I wasn't entirely sure they were all actors or like professional actors. Yeah. I was like, who are these? Did they just get these people off the street? They're so ordinary, which was the whole point. Who is the Steve Carroll chap? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I came to the US one quite late, but I think there's all these supporting characters who are so... Ordinary? Yeah, yeah. but again, a bit like this movie and actually apparently actors have talked about this because they used their real names and because everyone thought it was real or even if they didn't eventually think it was real, it just wasn't good for their careers. Like there was no 
No. Yeah, and I think I've always thought there's probably something similar with The Office. Like, unless you're Steve Carell or or um, Krasinski, there's all these other characters that are they're hilarious, but they're so ordinary that yeah, again, like I don't consciously even think of them as actors, which means they're great actors, of course. But you don't see them doing much else. That's why they're all making podcasts about The Office now. <laughs> it, it's interesting. I rec- I mean, is The Office still finished now or is it still going? Yeah, it finished like 10 years ago. Oh, almost. okay. <laughs> maybe like debunks, nine years ago. I was, I was going to say, well, maybe there was a clause in the contract where they couldn't do any other work. So it kept the, that vibe. Um, yeah. But that wouldn't exist after the show. Not anymore. Ever. You can't And don't get me wrong, I'm sure they're doing fine. Being on any hit sitcom sets you up for life. But mm. but it's, it's just interesting you don't really see them. I, yeah, I always thought, are they too good at this that they're not being put in anything else? Because some of them are kind of jerks. So no one wants to work with a jerk. You know what I mean? Anyway. No, not an office jerk. I was also thinking there's like an evolution happening too where there's now this, it's maybe not found footage, but it feels related like a sister a sister subgenre of where everything happens within the computer screen. Have you seen any of these? What's that? There's one called there's one called Unfriended. So the whole movie is you're seeing someone's desktop screen. Right. Ugh. Yes. There's one called Unfriended which is I don't I don't I think I watched some of it. But I think it's like a, there's group chats and things happening and then someone disappears or you know some shit like that. And then there was one called Searching with uh, John Cho, okay, friend of the show, um, which is he's looking for his lost daughter and you, it's all done through what you're seeing him do on the screen. So you see him typing in, you're seeing him FaceTime people. It's pretty cool. Again, maybe not the best movies ever made, but I, I love the the experiment of it all, like giving yourself that constraint. Can I make a whole movie in such a constrained way? It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one thing I was thinking, especially when I watched the newer one, because there's a lot of first person, well, I guess it's all kind of first person, but you know what I mean. Um, first person walking through corridors and shit in the in the newer one. And it did feel kind of like a video game. And then I thought, yeah. fuck, if this was a video game, I would feel more, more immersed and probably more scared. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, there was a video game that came out a couple of years ago. And I watched the trailer for it. It looks pretty fucked up. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, again, just as subtle, like you're just walking through the woods by yourself with your dog. And you're looking for a missing person or something, and it's you know, play which ensues. But it looks pretty cool. I'd be down with that. That's my kind of thing. Well, yeah, I'd probably find it too scary to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I've had I've had some some failed attempts at some Resident Evil games in my day. The more recent ones, the first person ones, they fuck me up. Yeah, yeah, mate. I well, there's the video of you playing the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was scary. It was scary. I had, I had a look at that. I was that was scary. It's fucked up. <laughs> scary video games, uh, as you say, it's just that immersive. Your your your, it's got a hundred percent of your attention, which is a rare thing these days. Yeah, you're the, you're making the call. Like it's yeah, it's fucked. It's fucked. Fully. Anyway, should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing 
further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I guess big picture wise, is, is there any, does the plot or any other core component fundamentally break in current day? Any major gripes? I think kind of like what we're saying, it's just not that scary. For a scary yeah, movie. I think the 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 work around this film, I think, created the fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it real? True. Um, it's very astute on your part. That's good. Yeah. It is like it's all of the context around this film that made watching it scary. And now that that context is gone, we're just left with a shaky camera looking at trees. Like that's kind of yeah, that's kind of it, right? That's that's been heavily parodied. Par- parodied. Yeah, that takes the heavily. wind out of its sails a little, doesn't it? <laughs> the drippy nose is a scary movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was waiting the for the drippy nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not bubble. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was a, it's an iconic shot though. Once that came up, it is like, oh yeah, that's that's a shit. But she did have a dribbly nose. <laughs> so embarrassed when she realizes that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was her slime on on the stuff. <laughs> the snot. Maybe Heather is the Blair Witch. She did look a bit witchy in that opening scene. That would have been cool if she took them in there to kill them. Yeah. I think there are some theory fan theories like that, yeah. Oh, there you go. Um FX test. Yeah, I guess it was Oh yeah, you got it. The aesthetic is whole the whole idea, but I guess again, if you if you're doing stuff with that kind of low video quality, I feel like it's easier to get away with some shoddy special effects. Like, I feel like there could have been something, like just well, there seeing was, a figure in the distance. Yeah, there was there supposed was a, to be something, was, right? It was meant to be. So the chap, I forget his name, one of the creators, he had set up a scene where he was running in the distance, like covered in women's pantyhose or some white gear yeah to scare them and he scared them but they forgot to pan the camera on to see him yeah so they didn't get the footage of it yeah I might have butchered that but that's kind of what happened I think. no that that is that is what i read and actually as you were saying it then i was also just thinking about how they you know just kind of tortured them in the woods for eight days like i wonder if they told them they were going to do that or if he just like did it <laughs> and maybe yeah. that's why he didn't film it because he was genuinely just fucking scared <laughs> yeah they yeah, could have done, yeah, could have given us something. I, yeah, anyway. I feel like, they, yeah, they could have done something. I didn't need much, just something. A little split second, like a Tyler Durden cock on a, in a cinema clip. Basically, yeah. Just put, I'll be happy, just put that in. That'll do it. Because everything was off camera. Like the, the bundles of sticks showing up, that was scary and shit, but like something, something in the distance. And you're not even sure if you saw it, you know, just that kind of thing. There was none of that. I was expecting something. Anyway, that's a lot of something. Um, representation, man, a lot of white people. Well, there's only three characters really. So this, it's like you can't really judge either of the Bechdel tests in this sense. So no. traditional Bechdel test, well, the main character's female, but there's no other female, so technically it doesn't pass. The witch. Race Bechdel test, it does not pass. I assume the witch white. is I, assume oh, I guess the witch, the witch is, is female. female. Or is that? Well, they, don't, that, they don't really communicate in words, though. Yeah, just just sticks and stones. But but yeah, not really. Those those tests uh, don't quite work in this instance. Um, cultural relevance. Did Simpsons do it? Yes, but it's pretty light on. Porn parody. Yes, but it's just yes. called the Blair Witch Project. 
the porn parody, the one that I saw anyway. There was – oh, hang on. I, I found a couple. There was – on, on oh, Wiki there was – hang on. I'll, oh, really? They put it on Wiki? No, they just listed it because I, in the legacy bit of um, – Oh, right. Down the bottom on the Wiki page. Give me two secs. Um, pornographic films. The Erotic Witch Project and the Bear, B-A-R-E, Wench Project. Oh, that's good. That's much more clever. I like that. Erotic, erotic cakes. <laughs> but beyond that, obviously, there's a big cultural legacy for this one. So you've got to give it points there. But I think for me overall, it is, it is, it's basically that. I don't think I'll ever rewatch it. I feel like this one's all legacy <laughs> and no rewatch. Like that's, I respect it, but yeah. I never want to watch it again. Yeah. Best left in the past, hey? I guess, with respect. <laughs> but respectfully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> respectfully. It, it was, but kind of like I was thinking the, the first of its kind, like, yeah, the first iPhone was awesome at the time and I respect that they made it, but I don't want to use it instead of an iPhone 12. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. It's good for the time and that's about it. Leave it yeah. in the past, I guess. Yeah, respect. Well done, kids. You get an A plus. MV- MVPs, I give them all probably. Maybe Heather. Maybe Heather. She was annoying yeah. as. Yeah, and, I was and happy Michael, when the witch who was the like grumpy one? Yeah, it's, well, it's, apparently it was meant to be Josh. That sorry, it was meant to be Michael that she feuded more with. But in the in the movie, it just so happened that Josh and her didn't get on more in the in when they were shooting. Interesting. And so they sort of pivoted. Pivot. Uh, and that was the sort of main tension. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was also thinking that it, their arguments, like it was all so, ver- again, very realistic. It just is refreshing to see realistic dialogue. People acting like humans. Yeah. Yeah. In the woods with a ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we got next week? What do we got next week? We got The Omen. Domino. Do they say Domino in that? I think there's some scary music in that. Oh, cool. Gregory's Peck. He's got a scary little hat, doesn't he? I can't remember. I just remember his name's Damien and he's the devil. There's some yeah, scary rock remember all the, too. All the references to it in various things is all I really remember. Yeah. It's a big, it's a heavy hitter. It is, yeah. I'm, I've right, been well, wanting to we'll do, do it for some week. time. We'll yes. see you then. Yeah, happy spooky season. Take care of yourself. Happy spooky season, guys. Yes. Bye.